Amazing. Thank you, Hayden, for for those notices. Um, really exciting. But yeah, as you said, that we might be locked down and not able to meet in person, but we're absolutely still online um, and church is still happening. So looking forward to those lockdown specials coming up. So we're going to carry on with our service uh, now. Um, and as you can see, uh, Chris is ready. Um, looking very relaxed there, Chris, this morning. Got a little little tub chair going on. <laughs> Absolutely. We're getting used to a, a different week every Sunday now. So I think we're just resigning to the fact and saying, let's relax. Let's go over the flow and let God do what he's doing. So, yeah, I'm chilling out today. <clears throat> And over to you. Amazing. Fab. Well, we've been, I've been talking, well, I've been and we've been talking about God's provision and, and God's assurances. So um, I want to know a bit more about that, um, kind of what the Bible says about it and what promises. Obviously, I read the Psalm 121, which is an amazing promise that we can hold on to. Um, but I just wondered if there are any, any more promises that, that you could, uh, could go into in a bit more detail for us. Um, and I'm loving seeing the, the comments that are coming up on, on my screen. So guys at home, if you've got any comments or any questions about uh, kingdom provision and God's provision for us, then please write a comment on, um, on Facebook and we can try and get them to Chris uh, for kind of a live Q&A as well, which is a bit different for, for a church service. But we, we want to kind of know what you're thinking. And, and if you've got any questions, please send them in. Um, so, yeah, Chris. What does the Bible say about God's provision, please? Brilliant, brilliant. And hope the questions are easy, guys. Go easy on me this Sunday morning. <laughs> you know, I, I really quite liked what you shared earlier, Steph, you know, about the whole bit of insurance. Because I was thinking about it this week. And insurance is, I mean, it's a good thing. You know, I, 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 we, we've got to look at insuring different things. But come to think of it, it's, an, it's our human endeavor to protect ourselves it's something that we do but as you rightly said you know everything we do in the natural has its limitations you know I, I i remember my own family doctor growing up he treated me for everything under the sun i had almost everything every every sickness chris had it and he treated me and he was a very conscious guy about you know diet and health and everything and in his early 50s out of the blue we got to know one day he had a heart attack and he died and so while he was ensuring himself with a healthy lifestyle and you know all the right things to do which we must do there was still no guarantee uh, for his life in fact we only recently you know i i have a boiler insurance and i faithfully i don't want to mention the name of the company faithfully paid my premiums i think for about 12 or 13 months and then i had a little issue with my boiler and I phoned the guys up and I said, listen, you know, I've got two little girls. I need my heating working. They sent the engineer. He did a bit of a check. And to my utter shock and surprise, he said, listen, uh, this, is, this, this needs to be replaced. And unfortunately, you're not covered. And I realized there was something in the little, you know, dotted line, uh, little script that I didn't read or something. And so as you rightly said earlier, you know, we human beings want security, that's what we want, security for our future, security for our families, security for the things we have and possess, our jobs, our, our health, our lives, everything, you know. But somehow over the years, being a minister, being involved with people's lives, I've realized that everything we do is good but has its limitations. 
In fact, I'm reminded of the, uh, you know, the story that happened in, in, in the life of Jesus, the wedding at Cana. I'm sure these guys prepared meticulously. You know, it's their wedding day. I'm sure they spared no expense in making sure everything went well. But what happened? They ran out of wine. And so even with the best human efforts, we can fall short because we're human beings. We have our limitations. The world systems has its limitations. But what God has to offer is beyond human limitations. He's got something that is 100% guaranteed. In fact, what I want to share with us are four verses. You know, four verses that I uh, think will come on our screens right now. Four verses simply to encourage us this morning. While you do your best for your families, for yourself, for your, for your life, for your future, God has something better. You know, 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8 says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you. I like the words all because it means all. So that having all sufficiency in all things and at all times, including pandemic times, you may abound in every good work. Now, this is a guarantee coming from heaven. Saying, listen, while you may do everything in the natural God says, I recognize you're limited. You can't quite cover everything. It has its loopholes, has its act of God scenarios at times that cannot cover us. But God is saying, I want to give you something free of cost. In fact, I've paid the premiums in full so that you're insured, not just insured, you're assured for the rest of your life. In other words, you know, one of my favorites, Philippians 4.19, and we quote that a lot of times. It says, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. You know, and if you're tuning in for the first time this morning to a service like this, and you're hearing words like these for the first time, I want to say you're here not by chance, but God wants to say to you that he's got every detail of your life covered if you would give him a chance. If you would say, Lord, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want to follow you. I want you to take control of my life. It's amazing. These are the promises that God makes for us. Let me give you one more verse and perhaps another one after that. This is Psalm 37. This is one of my personal favorites because I've lived through this so many times. You know, David says this. He says, I was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen a righteous man forsaken nor his children begging for bread. I just love this verse. I kind of read this to myself every two days simply to remind myself that I have a God who looks after me. And let me give you one more verse before I end. You know, Matthew 6. These, these are powerful words of Jesus. Matthew 6 verses 25 to 30. You know, and, and, and if, you're, if you're sitting in your living room this morning, worried, if you're living in your sitting rooms this morning, on your beds perhaps, watching this, pro this broadcast and wondering what is my future going to look like, these are words to you from God himself this morning. Now Jesus says, therefore I tell you, do not worry. Let me read that to you again. I tell you prophetically right now, this Sunday morning at 10.42 in the morning, do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink or about your body and what you're going to wear. Let me pause over there because I tried to find out what the word worry in the Greek meant. 
It comes from the word aniskia, if I pronounce it correctly. But it means concern, anxiety, restlessness, disquiet, unrest. And so let me rephrase that. Therefore, I tell you, do not be concerned. Do not be anxious. Do not be restless. Do not be at unrest about your life, about what you're going to eat or drink, about your body, what you're going to wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? No, we know that, especially in the season. Verse 28, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Now look at verse 30. If this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So Steph, in answer to that question you posed to me earlier, what does the Bible say? I just picked out four verses, but the Bible is full. There, in fact, someone said there are 365 promises in the Bible, one for each day of the year, where God constantly keeps reassuring us, reassuring us, reassuring us, O ye of little faith. In other words, he's saying, do not doubt, do not be without faith. If you trust me, this is what I can do for you and more. I can look after your life better than life insurance. I can look after your body, look after your finances, look after your meals, look after your clothes, look after your children. And that's why my favorite verse, David says, I was young and now I'm old. I can give you story after story after story of my own life where he says, I was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen a righteous man forsaken nor his children begging for bread. Hope that encourages someone this morning, Steph. Amazing. Yeah, thank you, Chris. That, yeah, that really just gives such promises to hold on to. And it was, it struck me that for most insurances, we have an excess to pay. So no matter how great your policy is, when we need to claim on it, you have to pay an excess, you have to pay a price. And yet, God, the assurance that we have is that Jesus has paid that price for us already. He has paid the excess, essentially, by dying on the cross for us. <laughs> that just amazes me. So, yeah, if if this is all new and you're not not sure of what we're saying or it's it's resonating in you that you want to know, more about the um, assurance that we have in, in, in Jesus, please comment below and, and someone will be in touch. Um, we've had some amazing testimonies um, over the years in, in church, um, but we've got a, a short video now of three people who have really seen God's provision over the last few weeks. Have a watch of this and I'll be back in a minute. Good morning all. My name is Beulah and my husband and I run a small business mainly dealing with dog boarding, daycare and walking. Our business is connected with our home and so rely on income to pay bills and rent. Since March this year we saw 90% of our work cancelled due to the pandemic. It was an incredibly stressful time. 
We did have the support of government grants as well as clients, friends and family. With the second wave growing and business not picking up, I was desperate. I messaged a lot of friends to pray for us. And in 24 hours, we were given the money for three months rent and towards bills. God hasn't forgotten our business and is providing in unexpected ways. Prayer has been a key element and I would urge everyone struggling financially at this time to get prayer and support. He ultimately is our provider. Even though we struggle and stress, he understands. Hi all, just wanted to share a quick message of God's provision for myself and my family over recent months. Um, I work for a company where I'm a, a member of a, a prayer team, a small prayer team. We um, obviously with fellow Christians, we meet up each week, pray for each other, any issues we're facing. Uh, we pray for the company, the health of the company and, and other people there who may be struggling. And each week we do this and we pray blessings over the company. Um, and I have to say, um, God's blessed us enormously. Um, over recent months, the company was doing well anyway, but um, over, over the last few months, we've, um, we've achieved re- record sales um, in a company that's been going 30 odd years. And I just feel that our company just um, being blessed more and more by God through our prayers. Um, and I hope that the people there can... Um, can see this because um, they're aware of our prayers for the company um, and each other and uh, I would just encourage you to to pray for uh, to pray for your workplace and try to form prayer groups wherever you are if not in work at home um, because it's been an enormous blessing to our family um, and the security and prosperity of my job has been amazing since since uh, since these meetings amen Good morning everybody, i only got one minute here so not long, I just wanted to um, share something with you that I've been doing for 17 years, which is um, incredible really, it's sowing and reaping to the kingdom of God and it works every time it's worked and got more and more rewards and blessings from God as the years have gone on, so I just want to encourage people who don't know or realise that it's a true phenomenon, just um, like Bible prophecy is. So if you can choose uh, a church or you know, a Christian ministry of any kind to sow to, I promise God will sow you back, will bless you back. That's not me saying that, that's from the Word of God. So please try it. Like the Nike advert says, just do it and you will be blessed, I promise. Um, so everybody take care and uh, God bless. Wow, what incredible stories of God's provision there. Just just three, and I'm sure there are many, many more that we just have yet to hear about. Um, so Chris, we looked at what the Bible says, and we've heard some stories, but it's, um, it's, it's hard sometimes to um, like read those verses when you're struggling and when something's where the job is insecure or something like that. So is there anything that we can do practically to really press into and really rely on the provision of God? Thanks, Steph. By the way, fantastic t- stories of God's provision. Thanks, guys, for sharing those. 
You're right. To every principle, there is an application. You know, there's God's part and there's man's part. Over the years, I've begun to understand to every principle, there is an application. And of course, to every application, there is a wisdom and a faith element. So again, there's a balance of faith and wisdom working hand in hand. So very quickly, I'm going to give us six things that we can do to apply the provision of God uh, in our day-to-day lives. The principle of God's uh, assurance, the principle of God's provision. How do I make it applicable in my everyday life? Six things very quickly. And before I, you know, go to that, you know, I just want to le- uh, take off from where I left off, that last verse where Jesus says, do not worry. I mean, no one in history had the audacity to say, I want to give you a worry-free life. That, that always challenged me, that it was Jesus who said, Chris, you can have a worry-free life. And I thought, what an audacity of God to say that to us. But I've tested and proved it over the years. And it is true that God wants to give us a worry-free life. But the application is what I'm going to unfurl now very quickly. Six. The first three points are the wisdom points. And the other three points are the faith element points. So the first three things. How do I apply And make God's provision applicable in my everyday life. Number one, wisdom says, and the Bible says, be good stewards. I can't live a very, you know, wasteful life. You know, I can't just do what I want with my resources and the blessings that God gives me and expect everything to be hunky-dory. The Bible, again, because of time, we're not going into it, but the Bible is full of principles of being good stewards. It starts with that. If I'm a good steward, it says, if you're faithful with little, you will get more. There's another verse that says, look at the ants. They store up for the rainy day. There's a principle of being good stewards. There's the, there's the, princi- there's the parable that Jesus gave of the man who had the different, in the, the three guys who had different sets of talents. And it was how they stewarded it that reflected on on how they were blessed by it and so number one first of all as wisdom be a good steward of what God's given us you know be wise don't don't be careless with the finances don't be wasteful with the resources don't be you know lazy with the good talents that God has given us number one be good stewards number two and I shared this a little time you know a few Sundays ago Learn to be content. That's another biggie in terms of enjoying the goodness of God. Learning to be content. Discontentment will always keep me in want. I can't remember the exact, uh, you know, quote that I used. But it says, contentment uh, makes a poor man rich. And discontentment makes a rich man poor. Because it's not how much we have. It's the ability to be content with what we have. And God gives us more than what money can buy. And therefore, if I'm content with the resources that I have, the end is achieved without having to focus too much on the means. Because we think money is a means to to the end. Now, money is important. But if I can achieve the end by what God has to offer me and being content in what he's given me, listen, I'm already a rich man. And so number one, in terms of the three wisdom points, be good stewards and, and build on it. Read the Bible. Study what the Bible says about being a good steward. Number two, learn to be content. 
Number three, I've got to throw this in. Learn to accept trials. Because trials are part of the journey in God shaping me to receiving more blessings. I want to do this teaching at some point. In fact, I, I heard a, 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 a comment on this on our recent AOG Leaders Conference. There are times God doesn't give us too much because we're not ready to receive it. Our, our character is not ready to receive the big blessing. And there are times God would let us go through testings and trials and waiting and all kinds of things because he's shaping our character to receive the blessing that he wants to give us. I don't know if you read some of these stories of these guys who won the lottery. Many, many millionaires, overnight millionaires, but in a few years from becoming millionaires, they were paupers because they didn't know how to manage the wealth that they received. And so trials, testings, tribulations are all part of God's journey in building up resilience, in building up faith, in building up our capacity to manage the blessings that he's giving us. And so the first three points, be good stewards of what God's giving us and given us. Number two, learn to be content. And number three, learn to accept trials as part of the journey of living in the assurance of God's blessings. Now for the three faith elements of how I can apply or what can I do on my side to enjoy the blessings of God. This is important. Point number four, guys. You may not be expecting this, but look at this. It's coming up on your screen right now. Generosity. Generosity is a big element in my walk of faith in receiving the blessings of God. Generous to the Lord and generous to people around us. Generous to the needy. In fact, Paul, when he writes his letter, he said, while you do everything else, do not forget the poor. That's what we do as Gateway Church. Why do you think we are blessed as Gateway Church? It's because through the year, we're constantly reaching out to the needy. We're constantly reaching out to those who are not, uh, you know, uh, in, in a good way in certain phases of their lives. But generosity is a faith statement, is a faith action to unlocking the blessings of God in our lives. In fact, and let me, while I'm on this, let me talk about my own journey. You know, my parents taught me to tithe. I know it's a, you know, there are different views on tithing in, in, in the 21st century, you know, church. But I've always learned to tithe from the time I was young. I may have shared this. If I received 10 rupees on my birthday, as young as I was, my parents said, Chris, if you want to see the blessings of God, make sure you give at least one rupee on Sunday uh, to the Lord. And I learned the principle of tithing. I mean, you heard the stories earlier. Richie Harry is a great friend of mine. I've known him for many years. And he's, he, he, he always told me, Chris, if there's one secret as to why my business thrives is I've learned to give my tithes as the first thing to the Lord every time I get an income. I first give to the Lord. And that's a principle so many of us have learned, you know, to see. Uh, in fact, God, and I'm not using this in any negative way or any wrong way, but Malachi 3.10 is a very powerful scripture where God is speaking about tithing. And he's saying this, test me, check me out, try me, the Lord says. And I'll read Malachi 3.10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. <laughs> I mean, that's the God that we serve. 
pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. I, I might read that verse in a moment, but that's the God we serve. But Je what is the principle? What God's saying? One of the keys to unlocking the, the principle of his blessing is us being generous ourselves. Luke 6.38, I said I'm going to read that. Give and it will be given to you. So what's the principle? You give first and then it will be given to you. And a lot of people do not know this principle. They, they're struggling and they wonder, why am I struggling? But they say, oh, I'll give God when I have enough. I'll give God or I'll serve people when I've taken care of my own problems. Kingdom principle is, is, a, is paradigm to the world's principle. Kingdom says, put others first and put God first. And then you'll see the blessing of God unlock in your life. And that's why it says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. Look at this. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So my friends tuning in this morning, Sunday morning, in the midst of lockdown, in the midst of uncertainty, if you want to see the assurance and the blessing of God in your life, not only be a good steward of what God's given you, not only learn to be content, not only learn to accept trials, but learn the principle of being generous unto God and to people around you. Point number five, another big principle in unlocking the blessing of God, expectation. I have learned to live with great expectation of my God. I don't have small expectation. I believe he will show up. I believe he will bless me. I always learned this principle. My perception determines my reception. How I perceive determines how I receive. And when I, had, when I understood my God is a giver, the father that I worship, he loves to give good things to his children, it unlocked my expectation of how I wanted to receive. I now expect big things. I like what William Carey, one of the great missionaries to my country in India, he made this great statement. He says, expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. I, it's become one of my life principles. Expect great things. I do not expect small things from God. I'm always thinking, God, you're going to do big because he is a big God. And so listen, you know, expectation. And I want to throw this in while I'm on this. God has a million ways of doing things. Many times we think if God worked like that, the last three times I was in a problem, I'm counting on that same aunt to give me money again. No, 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 no. God has a million ways. Don't limit your expectation or don't put God into a box that because he worked in a certain way the last five times, he's going to work in the same way the sixth time. Enlarge your expectation. Believe God for supernatural things. From unplanned sources, God is able to do that. And finally, let me close with the sixth point. Kingdom priority. Put priority on kingdom. Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you my friends this morning if you're tuning in for the first time if you do not know jesus i want to encourage you give your life to him seek him run after him it's amazing in fact james says you ask and you do not receive because you ask based on your own selfish desires i've learned the secret today of being blessed i i, I focus on god's kingdom how, how can I advance his kingdom? 
How can I take his kingdom good news to people around me? Not worrying about my own self, my own things, my own needs. No, kingdom business is my priority. And it's amazing. As I build his kingdom, he looks after my house. And so running through these six points in answer to Steph's question, how do I apply this principle of God's assurance? The world's insurance might fail you, but God's assurance is guaranteed. You know, number one, be a good steward. Number two, learn to be content. Accept trials. Be generous. Have great expectation. And live with kingdom as your priority. I put that up as I close uh, at the end. While insurance can be a gamble, listen, God's assurance is a guarantee. I know if you were in the building, you would shout out and say, Amen. I'm going to close in a moment, but I want you to just take a moment wherever you are in your room. Think about what I've just shared right from the start. The stories you learn, heard of. God wants to bless us. God wants to assure us, even in the midst of pandemic, even in the midst of uncertainty, even in the midst of what's happening around us. God says, my son, my daughter, I have good plans for you. Put your trust in me afresh this morning. Listen, life insurance. Do you have heaven assurance that if you close your eyes here on earth that you're going to see God in heaven? You may not have that assurance, but I have that assurance not because of anything good that I did, because of Jesus. You know, that we heard some sad news last week of a, of a, of a, of a friend we made over lockdown called Michael. You know, Rob will know him because Rob and I played our parts in him giving his life to Jesus. We got to know last week he suddenly passed away. And while we were sad for a little while, we rejoiced in the end because we know Michael this morning is in heaven. His earthly life is over, but his eternal life has only begun. He had the assurance of eternity. The Bible says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? Listen, my friends, you may not have anything else this morning, but if you have Jesus and if you have God in your life, you have blessings and peace and abundance in this world. But more than anything, you have eternity when you close your eyes here on earth. So let me pray with you. Father, I just want to thank you for this time we could share and spend together this Sunday morning. Bless my friends who tuned in given of their time this Sunday morning. They're here not by chance, but you brought them here. I pray they would, Lord, like Michael, give thought to their soul this morning. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? You want to give eternal life, but you want to give assurance even while we're here on earth. As Jesus said, do not worry. God, you have the audacity to promise us a worry-free life about our food, our clothing, our families, our future. So I pray for all my friends. I pray for anyone struggling this morning, stressed. I pray your peace, your peace that surpasses all understanding will guard their hearts and minds. Let them know that despite our fears, we're human beings, we fear, we worry, but you're holding us in the palm of your hands. We choose to trust you afresh this morning. We choose to say, not one hair for my head will fall without your knowledge. I pray your strength would lift them up afresh this morning. Let them know you're close by. You're there. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to close us. Maybe there. Thank you that you've assured him. You've given him a sign that you know his thoughts. You know what he's thinking. You know the things he's carrying in his heart. We bless our brother this morning.